0: Welcome to Pack Talk Podcast, Episode 88. And today I've got Chris with me, professional dog trainer, Canine Revolution dog training, former law enforcement, also Citadel alumni. Yep. Also, technically, his brother Josh is one of our partners, which we'll talk about later. We also have Ben, who's uh, production, Canine Revolution dog training, Canine Revolution Apparel, Pack Talk Podcast. So he's production for multiple entities. Right, Technically, ben? your brother. Yeah, technically my brother, technically. Howdy. (laughs) All right, so today we have a listener-requested topic. So just to remind you, you, the listener, if you have a topic you want us to cover, please send it to us. We do take those into account. This is a listener-requested topic, and today's topic is moving with your dog. So moving with your dog, this can be simple for some, but complicated for others. Obviously, that's going to depend on your individual dog and the nature of your move. And I did count this up myself last night. I've moved a total of 10 times with dogs. Dang. Most of that because I was in the United States Navy, you know, but some of that outside the Navy. And some of the, some of those times, uh, not including those 10, but my wife has also moved more than 10 times when I was deployed. She'd move a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So we have a lot of experience with moving. Chris, how many times have you moved with dogs? I'm a homebody. So three times, three times. Yeah. Ben, how many times have you moved? You got to keep your mic up. You gotta, uh, you your mic just up. one time. Just one time? Yeah, just one time. Really? Yeah. I thought it was more than that. <laughs> no. no. Okay. <laughs> and during one of my moves, Ben did support me. He had my dogs as oh, part yeah. of the move. Yeah. So I guess that would be technically 11 times because yeah, I moved to Ben's house for a little bit then to my a other little house. Little transition So that's technically mm-hmm. 11 for me. Yeah. So anyway. I'd say that if you have a dog with some problem behaviors like high anxiety, insecurity, dominance, reactivity, etc., stuff like that, you know, you're going to need more stringent moving protocols, which we'll go through. Did you have something to add? No. You're just itching yourself. <laughs> um, but if you have a more laid-back dog with no problem behaviors, honestly, you probably won't need any special protocols. You know, the main thing with the uh, laid-back type of dog with no real problem behaviors is that uh, first of all I recommend just keeping your daily routine as close to normal as possible and then basically that means just getting your walks in getting your daily mental physical exercise in using your spot your place your stay command you know those are all basically the same thing using those often during the packing the moving the unpacking process you know and basically that's going to be all you're going to need to do you know what I'm saying the other thing I do recommend even for a laid back dog is uh, before you take your, your dog into the new house for the first time, walking them for like 20 to 30 minutes before going into the new house. Once you get into the new house, having your dogs uh, do a downstay when you're inside just for a few minutes to kind of get them oriented to the new sights, smells, sounds, all that type of stuff. And then walking them around the new house and the yard to show them the new territory and then basically just maintain your daily routine there. Um, but other than that, what do you guys think about the laid back type of dog? Any other things? I
1: mean, I think it also depends on your, uh, like obviously the individual dog. Yeah, that's a factor, but I think your relationship with your dog is a big factor as well. I think if you maintain a a lifestyle of some type of structure, some type of training, whether Mm -hmm. it's a laid back dog or not, it makes the whole thing a little bit smoother. Like yep. I would imagine, especially you, for example, having done ten or eleven moves, mm-hmm. I would I would venture to say probably your eleventh move, the most recent move, was mm-hmm. was way easier than the first move. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It's just the repetitions of doing it, but you have that consistent structure with your dogs. Mm-hmm. They know the deal, right? They're like, hey, we've done this before. Repetitions, just like anything else that we do in dog training. Mm-hmm. But versus, let's say, somebody that doesn't do active training. It's just like, hey, I got a laid-back dog. It's just a couch potato. I'm not really involved in them. I drop their food every day, and that's about it. (laughs) Like, you're probably, that dog's going to be a little bit more stressed when when you start packing things, moving around, and we move to a whole new environment. They're like, what the hell's going on? But if that dog has a relationship with you of trust and respect, and you're day in and day out, sometimes you're doing things that the dogs are uncomfortable with, and Mm -hmm. they're they're learning how to overcome that discomfort, Mm -hmm. your relationship is going to help that dog uh, with the stress that would come from from moving, if that makes sense. So, like, I'm definitely focusing on the relationship side.
0: Yeah. I'll also say that the couch potato dog probably has some stress because it's not getting that physical exercise, even Mm -hmm. though it seems like it's just a couch potato. Yeah. You know, there's going to be some level of stress there. Sure. And it's not healthy just to sit on the couch all day. Yeah. You know, pet dogs are going to be, you know, overall dormant for about 80 percent of their day that's just the way it is for pet dogs most pet dogs but we got to make sure we're doing our daily physical mental exercise with them before work after work before we go to our major events for the day after we get back from our, like those two things mental physical exercise are just non-negotiables every day for your dogs (laughs) you know even if your dog does like sitting on the couch you know what i'm saying but yeah i mean that's a good point relationship definitely a key factor um So laid back dog, again, you know, keep that daily routine as consistent as possible. Your problem behavior dogs, these are your high anxiety, your insecurity, high levels of insecurity, dominance, reactivity, these types of things. I do recommend a more in-depth approach to moving with these types of dogs. And before I go into that, I will say that, you know, I've moved 10 or 11 times, but I actually wasn't involved in training at all until about move seven or eight. Mm -hmm. So I had seven or eight moves without any training involvement at all. Mm. And, uh, you know, now that training is involved and now that I incorporate training in my daily life, it's integrated into my life, which we'll talk about later. Um, makes things a lot easier. Like you were kind of alluding to, even if you do have a problem dog, just the daily integration of training is what helps you and your dog not be stressed. Because if you have a high anxiety dog, you're probably going to have some stress because of your dog, because of their problem behaviors. And what we want to do over time is reduce your dog's stress, reduce your stress, and your daily integration of training is what's going to help you achieve that. You see what I'm saying?
1: Well, just think, too, in the moving scenario, you are stressed. It's right. a stressful time. Right. You're
0: packing things. Where did I put this? Or the movers coming? They're mm-hmm.
1: late. Oh, we didn't close on the house. There's all these things going right. on. And right. if you think that's not being projected onto your dog, it is. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yep. so that that is a big factor as well definitely mm-hmm.
0: especially when like you said the closings go bad mm-hmm. like my last closing was horrible yeah. my last uh, move was a horrible experience and uh, there was closing delays this delay so like it was a very stressful time oh yeah you know so definitely your dogs are gonna feed off that energy and then if you're getting stressed too you're more likely to not do your daily routines and rituals yep. of those walks and stuff which i did make it a priority but i will say during that time i was so stressed out that I did skip a couple of my regular workouts for myself right? because I'm so stressed, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, which is not good. So trying to plan things out, you know, like with your moves, sometimes things go awry, like those closings, do. Yeah. Those things can be yeah. a train wreck. I've yeah. heard of other people having problems too, you know, yeah. but they can be a train wreck. But anyway, before we get into the in-depth approach to moving for dogs with problem behaviors or these more complicated dogs, first I got to say, we know that the dog's ancestor is the wolf. You know, we talked about this in Pack Talk Podcast episode 86 when we did the Dog's Mind review of the book, right? A big portion of that book is explaining and describing how the dog's ancestor is the wolf. So we know that the wolf pack has a pack hierarchy, right? They have a rank order in the pack. And in our human and domestic world, your family is your dog pack, which means that you need to have a pack hierarchy established in your family, in your family pack With your daily routines, your rituals, your pack structure. And what your pack structure is, is it's just the rules and boundaries of your pack. Like some examples of domesticated pack structures like in the family are no running out the door when the doors open, right? No jumping on people, no jumping on the kitchen table, no digging in the trash. Like these are just examples of pack structure that people implement rules and boundaries that they implement in their daily life with their family with their dogs at home and everyone's pack structure is different. And I'm not trying to say that everyone has to have the same pack structure. Mm -hmm. Like I know even here, Chris has some things he does differently than I do. Right. And that's okay because his things work for him. My things work for me. We have different structures, even though me and Chris are very similar. We have differences in our pack structure. Ben does things a little bit differently than we do. Again, we might all be a little bit similar, but there's going to be little details that are different between all of us. You see what I'm saying? So you don't have to have the same, if someone's telling you that you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way. You need to integrate your training and your structure to what works for your family. You know what I'm saying? So we know the the wolf pack has a pack hierarchy. We know they have a pack structure. So we're going to mimic that in our our daily life with our family packs, with our dogs and with our family. We also know that wolf packs migrate together and this migration uh, helps to bond the pack. Which is another reason why we always recommend daily walks, because the walk is the bonding process. You see what I'm saying? But one of the bigger things that I like to do with the more complicated dogs and moving is mimic the migration instinct a little bit more. And so the way I do that is I take a nice long walk with the dog in proper heel position, right? Because that's another element of that structure um, before we move into the new house. So sometimes I have done that before I dry, like if I'm. Driving from the old house to the new house. I might take that walk in my old neighborhood But my preference is to drive to the new neighborhood take that walk there because that's new territory You know what i'm saying before I walk into that new house And i'm trying to mimic that pack instinct now some of these walks for me They've been an hour some have been more than an hour It's going to depend on what time you have available and what you know complications your dog has you know what i'm saying so That's kind of my two cents before we go into some of these specialized protocols. But what else do you guys think about that? Like the wolf pack, your family pack, your your routines, rituals, pack structure, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, the other thing, if you're like me, I'm a homebody. So all my moves were, I mean, local. You know what I mean? Within an hour. within Like less, probably within 30 minutes, right? Like, uh, so... I had a very good benefit there where I'm not like moving across the country like you mm-hmm. did for example so I can do certain I can do other things and I know that's a common thing as people are moving to another town over or whatever mm-hmm. and so I have the ability I had the ability to go to the new location before we even move like hey mm-hmm. this is the house that we're going to be closing on we're starting the moving process that whole process might take a month or two so you're going I mean? there
0: before the closings, correct? Even done.
1: Now I'm doing my instead of my normal routine is a neighborhood walk, right? Mm-hmm. But I also incorporate distraction work. Let's say we do that once or twice a month, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm already have to take a trip as my normal routine, mm-hmm. take a trip out to do some distraction work. So now I go to the new neighborhood yeah. and do my walk there. Now yeah. I'm already familiarizing the dogs with the other dogs that are in there, the scents, the the, the noises, the different things that are going to go on in that neighborhood that might yeah. be different from the current neighborhood that we're in. Yeah. So like that was one thing I know that I did uh when i moved uh to one of one of the locations that i that i moved in just to get them kind Mm -hmm. of acclimated you know what i'm saying yeah that was like one one extra thing that i did
0: yeah everything we're talking about right now too is all local based it's Mm -hmm. like within an hour drive of the new houses we'll talk about cross-country stuff here later um but ben what are your what are your thoughts yeah
2: i was just gonna agree with the neighborhood walks uh i think when i moved Recently into my house. I didn't take them for a full walk around the neighborhood, but I did take them to the house, the property. I let them sniff in the yard before you move there, before I moved there officially. Mm -hmm. And if you have, if you're able to, when you're moving, like I was able to let them in the house. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Hey, just go sniff around, get Mm -hmm. used to check it out, you know? And they were just, you know, Joe, yeah. she was yeah. going crazy <laughs> you know, She's got a good sniff Yeah, on her. she <laughs> likes to sniff. So, I mean, I just let them sit uh, in there for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Just yeah. let them sniff around while I'm, like, looking at some stuff myself. Before you're moving in. Yeah, this right. is, like, so it's a bare empty house, Yeah, you know. Yeah. And this is before I moved in. So, like, when I do move in. You know, they're kind of sim- somewhat familiar with the place already. So One now
1: thing you about, have access to the property before yeah, you're moving right, in. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing same If you have that
0: privilege, I mean, yeah. why no, that's not? Good, One you know? thing Ben did was he moved into a townhome. So, I mean, you got different noise levels that are with the townhome that are not with, like, a standalone house. Yeah. And then Ben also, he did a new build. Yeah. So, so there was like active construction still construction going on. Going so there on. was like dump
2: trucks and all yeah. that stuff Lots going of noise, on. lots
0: of potential stressors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For well, at least
2: for Jojo, she's, you know, she, she has that anxiety level. So right. the noises, she's not a fan of big, loud trucks, you know, or 18 mm-hmm. wheelers or whatever. So those noises were definitely playing a factor, you know, when yeah. you showed yeah. up to the property.
0: Yeah. Like if you're moving into an apartment too, like same thing. I've, I've lived in many apartments. Um, And the noise levels there are different than obviously a standalone house or even a townhouse because Ben has people on like one side of him in a townhouse. You could have people on both sides, but usually it's a couple stories high. Apartments, you could have people on all sides of you, front, Mm. back, the other side, the top, the bottom, depending on the way your apartment's situated. Obviously, apartment complexes, you got more people moving around. So you got more smells, more dogs, different things. So I like what you guys are saying. You're going to the property before you move there. Like if you know you're going to move into an, into an apartment complex, you could go there, do a couple walks there, get used to the scenery, get used to the smells, get used to walking up and down the stairs or whatever you're doing. Because, you know, those apartment alleyways, mm-hmm. those kind of have different vibrations and noise in them, too. And they kind of funnel things differently, you know, so all good things to take into account yeah but what we're talking about overall is like just preparation of your dog for like going to the new place so like walking them there getting them familiarized there taking that long walk that's going to bring down their energy level it's going to mimic that migration instinct you know what i'm saying then you start going to the new territory you know what i'm saying
1: well two you made me think of something else when you mentioned apartment complex like think about the location that you're moving to and what are the, what are the things that are going to be presented with me? Like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there's aspects that I'm in my training routine, uh, that I, that I need to, that I need to amp up and focus more on. Right. If that's I'm true. in a, if I'm in a spread out neighborhood, one yeah. acre lots, and yep. I've got a dog reactive dog that's reactive mm-hmm. to dogs or oh, people, yeah. Now I'm going to an apartment, right? So, like, yeah. oh, we need to we need to think about that before the move, right? Or like, Definitely. I mean, I think about me. I was going from a neighborhood to out here in the country. country. I'm like, I don't do a lot of off-leash stuff. Like, right. oh, I probably need to get my off-leash stuff in preparation to let my dog explore out in the woods and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and have the control. Or exposure to animals. You know, we got deer, foxes, squirrels, all that stuff all over the place. They want to go. They got prey drive. They want to chase those things. Mm-hmm. In a neighborhood, I don't work on that a whole lot. So, like, those things are things I'm thinking about in preparation for going to the new environment. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I need to get a wrap on this reactivity or I need to get a wrap on whatever this issue is before I go over there.
0: Yeah. I think there is more people trying to move out outside of neighborhoods now into, like, more rural spots. So, obviously, if you have, like, a one-acre lot or more, like, a there's neighborhoods now. They're technically neighborhoods, but they have one acre lots they have multiple houses there they have five acre lots they have Mm -hmm. multiple houses in the same area so it's like less contact with people more contact with like the wildlife so you're also thinking about snakes yeah i mean copperheads are pretty common like in our area Mm -hmm. the south carolina low country so what does your dog do if it sees that so you got to have that off leash good to go so like what you said if you're in a neighborhood you're used to keeping your dog on leash because that's like an hoa rule and all that Now you're moving out to the country, you're planning on having your dog off-leash more. Definitely want to be practicing those off-leash protocols, making sure that that off-leash response is sharpened up if you Mm -hmm. kind of let it slack off a little bit, you know. So definitely a good thing to uh, keep in mind. So, yeah, I mean, overall, wherever you're moving to, you got to think about how that environment's changing. Are you moving from the city to a rural area? Are you moving from a rural area to a city? Are you moving from a house to an apartment or from an apartment to a house? You know, all these different things play factors. Um, But again, like we talked about with the laid back dog, when we're actually packing the old house, you know, or moving to the new house, we're unpacking stuff. During those phases, I'm going to be using my spot. Some people call it a place command, which is basically the pet cot. We have a pet cot. Our dog goes there. They do an automatic down stay there. You can also do a down stay by itself, you know. And in my many moves with the uh, United States Navy, you know, they have packers that come, they pack up your stuff. They have people that come and unpack your stuff and move your stuff for you. And so these guys are always impressed after, you know, my move seven plus where my dogs were actually staying on their spot. These guys are moving furniture and unpacking boxes and they're like, those dogs are just going to stay there. I'm like, yeah, they're just going to stay there. All the doors of the house are wide open because stuff's coming in and out hmm. constantly And the dog's just staying there. The dog's not stressed either because the dog knows what they're supposed to be doing because we have that pack structure. They know all they got to do is just stay in that spot. Everything's going to be cool. Whereas before training, the dog might be pacing around, which is a sign of anxiety. The dog might slip out the door, be walking down the street. You're in a new place. You're in new territory. Your dog has no idea where they are. So now your dog's lost. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Not good to go. So definitely with the packing and then the unpacking at the new place. I found that the spot, the downstay, is a great way to implement your uh, your training during those situations. Did you guys have any experience with that during your moves? Because your dogs were trained, yeah. You know, during, I mean, I, I at I least did the, on the on the more recent ones,
1: I did the same thing. I think the bigger thing, because I see sometimes I see a lot, like especially on our side of the house, when people send dogs to us for training, and then we go and support them afterwards with through follow ups and all that kind of stuff. Some people view. The training is like a one-and-done type thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I do this training. Hey, that spot thing is nice to have. Mm -hmm." It's a nice tool that I'll put in the toolbox, but I'm not going to use it in my day-to-day life, right? Mm -hmm. I'll use it when I need it. And it's like, "Eh, it doesn't quite work that way. You've got to incorporate these things into your life so that whenever I do need it and Mm -hmm. I need it to be reliable, like my doors are open and movers are coming in and out and people are walking by and my dogs might be uncomfortable, I know that it's going to work, right? So I'm using that day in and day out. My dogs are going on spot when – because I think of these things – tactically right like let's say i have a family dinner coming over that's mm-hmm. a good simulator for a move right so right. they're just life. any scenario my dogs need to understand how to hold that spot mm-hmm. when there's other stressors going on and if i incorporate yep. that every day whether there's a move or not it makes the move much easier because they understand right, right. so and, uh, it's it's and it's a habit it's a habit at exactly. that point too and for it's your calming dog. for them because they know the deal right. like they just understand <laughs> hey if i just hold this down stay mm-hmm. something's gonna go on there's mm-hmm. gonna go there's gonna be things that might stress me out, but I know that I'll be fine if I just hold this downstay. Yep. You know, yep. um, and then I mean the other the other side would be let's say your dog's not trained. You have to use something similar to manage them. That'd mm. be I would I would recommend a kennel in that definitely, situation. Definitely. But again. We don't necessarily just want. Hey, look, we're moving. I've never used a kennel before. Let's toss the dog in the kennel. We're moving, yet. right? Movers Definitely coming not. in now. Now we're adding stress. So again, kennel is always a tool that we can we can incorporate and use. But even if you don't have a high level of training, like your dog's going to hold a down stay, mm-hmm. you can utilize a kennel in a safe way to help them alleviate the stress.
0: Yeah. Then when you were moving, we're using the spot.
1: Oh yeah, uh,
2: spot all day. Yep. You know, I don't. I don't know if people realize like how. Yeah good the spot is in any situation, not just moving because mm-hmm. I mean, if like Chris is saying, if you practice it every day and you know, the times that you really do need to, to use it, you put them on spot, you focus on what you need to do. You're not thinking about what your dog's doing, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. So Jojo definitely super, like she's like you were saying, wandering around the house, mm-hmm. like when we're moving stuff in and out or she's getting freaked out. She don't know what's going on. So I put her on spot. So, i mean and that's like their safe zone you know they just sit on their spot or you know they're down on their spot and they know as long as they're there they're good yeah you know like they don't have to worry about nothing even if there's like a tv or a big couch like getting close to them or something Mm -hmm. like that or you know maybe some dude that you ask one of your friends to help you move or something you know and they're they don't even know who this person is Mm -hmm. you know is getting close to them Mm -hmm. you know they're they're thinking you know they might get a little stressed but yeah. as long as they hold their spot they're good you know it's their safe zone and i'm pretty sure the spot was like one of the last things like on like one of the last things to put in my car mm. you know yeah. on that final drive to to new, literally to yeah, yeah. <laughs> first thing to load or last thing to load up first thing to unload yeah uh yeah and i and i think if if your dog is not doing good on the spot you can put them in the kennel mm-hmm. um you know, just manage their
0: time. Well, but the dog's probably not doing good on the spot if it's not been practiced yeah, properly, you know. exactly. But if they're practiced properly, like, I mean, I remember moving you into your house. Yeah. And you got that, you know, the walkway that comes in the front door. So, I mean, it's pretty tight. Yeah. And then to get, like, your mattresses, mattresses and stuff upstairs, your spots are right there. Yeah. So, I mean, we're literally moving the mattresses and stuff right by yeah. the dogs, like, basically brushing up against their spots, and they're mm-hmm. sitting there. yeah. You know? yeah all the doors are wide open too because you know chris is there moving mm-hmm. stuff everyone's moving yeah. stuff in and out you know the kids running around screaming their heads off you know the dogs are just sitting there doing their thing yeah you know? um, but ben also did move with his cat too do you have any insight on uh, what helped <laughs> with your cat move for no, the cat lovers no, out there <laughs> uh, what we did was we we took him in and then just put him in the
2: bathroom and closed the door Yeah, that was it. (laughs) And he was in. I mean, he was management. Yeah, he
0: was. He was in there for. You know, he's a scary cat. Yeah, he was in there for a while. Probably with the cat, what I would do put it in like a cat carrier or even a small dog kennel. Once you get it to the new house, just let it be in there for a little bit and let it out. Yeah, that's my girlfriend's jurisdiction. The cat. We'll have to get her on to talk about cat. Yeah, (laughs) at some point because the the cat's mine podcast. Honestly, it was the number one one listen to Pack Talk podcast. We might need to expand to some cat training. (laughs) Dog training podcast cat episode is the number one episode so far. All right. Anyway, so like we talked about earlier, so far this discussion has generally been about local moves, you know, within about an hour drive of each other. And just to recap what we've discussed, we talked about, you know, preparing your dog for the new territory. Making sure you're doing your daily pack structure, your daily walks, your daily mental physical exercise, integrating training into your daily life. I mean, that's how it should be. Because like what we tell most people, hey, about 15 minutes of training a day, like you don't need that all at one point. You 15-minute it or you just incorporate the training throughout your life. Integration training, it's going to be way more beneficial for you and your dog. Preparing your dog for your new neighborhood, your new environment, visiting there before you move if you can. And then when you're actually moving, packing, unpacking, you're using that spot, you're using that downstay, you're using that place command, whatever you call it, um, you know, to provide that uh, de-stressor for your dog, that calmness for your dog, right? With the long distance moves, cross-country moves, this is a little bit more tricky. It's a little bit more complicated. So real quick, just the story of my last cross-country move. I moved from San Diego, California to uh, Somerville, South Carolina, which is right outside of Charleston. So it's like, 3000 miles or whatever. And, uh, so my wife had flown ahead cause you know, we had just had one of our, we had our first kids. So that's obviously not going to be fun driving that much time. But I had two of my own dogs, Bain and Sarabi. Then I was bringing another dog that needed to be rehomed and I had a home for it in Charleston, South Carolina, rehoming it from San Diego, California. So I basically loaded up my truck. I was pulling a a trailer super heavy trailer moving across the country my plan was Wake up in the morning walk the dogs get on the road take a couple stops throughout the day walk the dogs, whatever Stop somewhere walk the dogs go to bed wake up do it all again That was my plan for a couple days. It would take me like three or four days to get that done just non-stop, you know the whole time and so uh basically i'd get up i'd be at a hotel i'd usually stay at la quinta or la cuenta whatever you call it because they have no dog fee and so i'd wake up walk my dogs just in a couple laps around the hotel i'd be in the hotel parking lot just walking laps around the hotel 20 to 30 minutes it's more boring than walking on a trail but some of these hotels are in like weird spots i'm like i'm not going to go explore this weird spot you know so i just get up walk a couple laps around the hotel load everybody up in the truck and then roll out you know Uh, whenever I got to the and I would literally plan my route to go to the next La Quinta because I knew no dog fee I had three dogs you know one Mm. being a Doberman hotels don't like Dobermans there so I'd get up to the hotel the next evening and first just leave the dogs in the truck while I would register you know get the room or whatever then bring out the kennels you know I had a couple kennels I was using bring them into the room, set them up, then take the dogs out of the truck, let them go potty, walk them 20 to 30 minutes, take them into the hotel, put them in their kennels, go to bed, wake up, just kind of the reverse of that. You know what I'm saying? Then throughout the day I'd stop at a rest area every once in a while, walk them, you know, 5, 10 minutes, stop for food, walk them 5, 10 minutes, you know, get back on the road. So basically that's what I'm doing for like long trips. Then whenever Mm -hmm. I got to the new neighborhood, before I took them into the house, I walked them 20 or 30 minutes and then took them in the house, put them on spot, no problems. You see what I'm saying? So that's kind of what I do for uh, long-distance moves, long-distance protocols. If Chris, if you were to simulate if, in your brain, if you're, like, moving long-distance mm. more than an hour, what are some things you'd probably be thinking about or doing?
1: I mean, I'm more or less sticking with that game plan. You know what I mean? Maybe, I, maybe, I don't know, it just depends – that's because there can be so many factors like now i got two kids you know maybe let's say i do have the kids <laughs> yeah you know maybe uh does the does a hotel have a fitness center maybe i can make use of their treadmill Definitely. you know what i'm saying and if uh you know and maybe i can get my own workout in so i can yeah. kind of two birds one stones i'm working out burning some anxiety off dogs yeah. are dogs are exercising kind of maximizing my time yeah uh you know while we kind of double team it my wife's handling the kids or whatever mm-hmm. you know but uh, yeah i'm more or less going to be doing the same thing i want to uh Make it as easy as possible for the dogs, mm-hmm. and the more pent up they are, the mm-hmm. harder that it's going to be. Right, um, and then again, it just it, it does depend on your dog as well. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. my dogs now are older, you know, mm-hmm. so like we'll do we'll go on trips and stuff, and I'll bring yeah. them. And I, I I find that as they get older, and and we maintain this lifestyle of structure, I have to do less mm-hmm. to get them acclimated, right? Because right. they just know if I can I can go to like straight up to a hotel, throw a spot down or a kennel tell them to go spot and then I can unload and they they're fine the they know the deal because because we've it's done this daily, daily. right, right. Yeah. exactly so I mean it, it really just depends on what you got going on but yeah if you got you know a young working dog mm-hmm. you're probably gonna have to do more along what you did very yeah. very intense exercise just strict routine you know what yeah. I yeah
0: mean? yeah absolutely yeah. I do remember a couple times going to like the breakfast in La Quinta and I'd get there as soon as it opened. I'd take one of the dogs with me, just have them do a down stay when I'm mm. eating, when I'm going through the breakfast line, and everything. So I'm super big on obviously incorporating and integrating dogs into everything I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I've also taken them to fitness centers in the hotel to put them in a downstay, whatever. You know, um, but in general, that's my protocol for long distance moves. You know, getting the walk in each morning before I start driving getting the walk-in each evening when I stop for the night, several stops throughout the day, letting the dogs potty, letting them stretch their legs, walking five, ten minutes, whatever. I'm also big on, like, beating the GPS, you know? Yeah. You know how it says, beat a minute. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I know that if I stop for five minutes, it's, like, actually hurting me. So that's why I'll, you know, kind of adjust that protocol.
1: Mm, I did think of one other thing. So one of my dogs, Leia, Mm. who travel... She gets, she, she's like relatively a confident dog and, and mm-hmm. chill, but she does get stressed mm. to where she'll have diarrhea. Mm. So that's something I definitely factor in as well. Whether I'm like, before we're leaving, I'm starting to You t- know starting. she's going to have diarrhea. I know, yeah, she's yeah. Like most likely she is. So I'm, I'm going to be having some, some type of diarrhea medication that, mm-hmm. that I'll bring with me. But maybe I'll start her on some probiotics or something like that a little bit before. And that yeah. usually does help yeah that's something that's developed later on in her life you know that we found just but we went on a a family trip and she started blowing out in the hotel like right (laughs) right in the hallway oh my god yeah it was bad that was like the first time that happened and then and then every trip then it's been like uh, okay it's getting soft so we're we're now taking action on that so that's something to think about too when dogs get stressed sometimes you deal with blowouts and things like that so you want to always be prepared for something like that
0: that's a good point be prepared because if your dog's doing that like it could be super embarrassing oh yeah you know, so trying to adjust your protocols like you have to try and alleviate that if that's something that happens. Yeah. Or some dogs throw up when they get stressed out, you know. So, I mean, yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, first of all, sticking to your protocols is going to help, right? you know, reduce that as much as possible. But sometimes that stuff still happens, yeah. you know. So definitely got to be aware of that for sure. Um, I've also, like, my first uh, cross-country trip moving from South Carolina to San Diego, California, uh, stopped at a couple friends houses you know so trying to maintain the protocols there at their house mm-hmm. you know if you stop at a friend's house on a trip same thing maintain your protocols bring your kennel pop your kennel up use your kennel use your spot to get your walks in you know those types of things um, but you know these principles that we're talking about obviously we're focusing on moving with your dog but a lot of them also apply to traveling with your dog like vacations like you brought up and like I already said I'm a big fan of bringing my dogs with me on my travels when i can obviously if i'm going on a cruise chris is about to go on a cruise yeah something like that you cannot bring your dogs with you but uh, i've been on more trips and i can count where my dogs are with me because i'm prioritizing you know that um so i do know me and ben took a family trip many years ago i don't even know if you remember this we were like in the mountains or something that's a trip where i brought bane to the fitness center what, do you remember that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you remember that we were staying at this hotel or whatever, had the dogs there, kennels up, all that kind of stuff. Me and Ben were going to get a workout in at the fitness center, brought Bane in there, just had him in a downstay the whole time we working out. People were like not coming in because they were scared of him, you know? <laughs> Keep the gym numbers nice <laughs> and low. Yeah. Yeah. We want the gym to ourselves. So we just put him at the front door in front a door. down stay, you know? <laughs> you remember that, Ben? Yeah, I remember. Well, you very, remember. Very vaguely. Very vaguely. Very vaguely. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But this does remind me recently I went to Charlotte mm. and uh, I took my two dogs with me at two mm. pit bulls and uh, I mean, it's just kind of a pain in the ass sometimes <laughs> with, getting the kennels in the hotel room <laughs> and getting the dogs in there you know and walking them down the hallway they're trying to sniff everything because you know the hotel is going on it was a fancy hotel oh, man. but uh it was a small room mm-hmm. so i had to figure out hey i like it it stack is what it is stack the kennels yeah but i was there for a wedding you know so it's not it wasn't like a across a tr- uh, cross to, uh, country trip but yeah. uh you know it's a little uncomfortable but you know once you get through it you yeah know, once you get to your final
0: destination yeah you know I remember uh, Lauren, my wife, took Bane with her. She went to Las Vegas one time with one of her friends when I was in California, but I was gone for a while. And uh, at the resorts there, you can bring dogs in, so she had the kennel set up and all that. But uh, she you know, she has a story about how she was coming out of an elevator. The casino floor just stopped, basically, all the noise. Everyone's staring at her. Girls are screaming, running away from her because she's walking through. For Dober- No, for Bane. Oh, oh Doberman. okay. Doberman, yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Oh, I did talk about on a, a more recent podcast than my recent Disney World trip last year. You know, it was a long trip and uh, brought the dogs with me. And again, I kind of followed my long distance moving protocols. Get up in the morning, walk the dogs as you're traveling, stop every so often, you know, take the dogs for a walk. I do remember we stopped at lunch for lunch at a Wendy's, which was good. <laughs> you know, Frosties with French fries. Oh, Dip yeah. those French fries in the Frosty. I mean, come on. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Come on now. <laughs> But anyway, so we stopped there. Obviously, the dogs can't go inside of Wendy's. So we had parked the car next to this grassy spot because, you know, me, I'm always everything I'm doing, I'm assessing. Mm-hmm. Right. So as I'm entering the parking lot, I'm assessing. I'm like, oh, there's a grassy spot next to that parking spot. So I go there so the dogs can go to the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. Also, I just put the dogs in a down stay. Three dogs walk into Wendy's, leave them out there, getting my frosty with the french fries or whatever. People inside the store are in disbelief that the dogs are just out there or whatever, you know, talking to me and all that. So that's the kind of stuff that I do, you know. But after I ate my food, I took the dogs for a couple walks around the store, you know, while uh, the kids are getting loaded up or whatever. So and then at Disney World itself, you know, we stayed at an Airbnb. So every morning I'd wake up well before anybody else, walk the dogs, get them their exercise, feed them, make sure they're all taken care of. Then we go to Disney World for the day. I'm walking the whole day at Disney World. You know, most people be like, "I'm tired." You know, I'm like, Too "Let's bad. go." I'm like, <laughs> "Let's go, baby." And so, uh, get done with Disney World at like the end of the day. You know, because if you go to Disney World, you're going to be there for like eight hours at least. At least, come back at the end of the day. Again, I'd prioritize taking the dogs out, getting them their exercise. A couple times, I drove them over to like a, a field that I Google mapped. I'd be Google Mapping the area around me looking for fields or open areas i could take them to so they could run around play whatever so i did that because the airbnb didn't have a really big yard and uh same thing on the trip back you know so these protocols apply to taking your dog on vacation too Mm -hmm. and i get it some people don't want to take their dog on vacation but for me i'm a big integration guy i want to be integrated in everything i'm doing so i'm basically doing my same daily protocols and to me you know like i said you're at disney world for eight ten hours the dogs are in their kennels well, to me, that's fair if I've given them their daily mental, physical exercise before and after those big events, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So training, integration training helps you do that, keeping everything in your daily life. You know, I know Ben said it was kind of a pain in the ass for his last trip. Well, and it's just for the kennels, getting, right, them, moving getting them, them in, in there, there hotel, getting them out, you know, yeah. and I had the, you know, big crate
2: of food, bringing my food in there, yeah. you know, you yeah. got well, all Well, it's, it's, it's and the,
1: like Just because it's a pain in the ass, sometimes it's a pain in the ass to, Go anywhere with my kids oh, but, yeah. Hey yeah, what are you gonna yeah. do like, well, hey, I'm not saying we, it's a bad right. thing right. I'm just like, saying hey, okay. <laughs> I, I'm gonna do it <laughs> It's gone. a pain I mean, in the <laughs> ass But <laughs> I'm doing maybe it Maybe there's <laughs> a wrong uh,
0: <laughs> Usage of words there <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no
1: no I was tracking you I know what you mean but, I think uh, it's being
0: real though yeah. Yeah, yeah A lot of people have that Oh I don't wanna move The kennels and this and yeah, that that's why I have, like, these canvas camping kennels, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I use those yeah. when I'm going on trips, not my big wire ones, because the wire ones are a pain in the ass. They're bigger. They're heavier. Yeah. These canvas ones, they are they fold up differently. They're super compact. They're lighter to move, you know? Um, they're a little bit smaller than the big wire ones, but they're big enough for my dogs, you know? Um, and then for their food, what I did for the Disney World is I thought I had planned it out properly. I just scooped it into baggies, you know, like individual meal baggies. But then I was, like, running out of food. So I had mm. to Google a local food store that carried their food, went there one day after Disney World, grabbed more food, nice. grabbed some bully sticks, nice. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So, you know, just adjusting that. But, uh, you know, you can incorporate dogs in your trips. Um, There's just – you got to prioritize that. You got to make sure they're getting taken care of. And, I mean, I
1: typically will try – like, uh, of course, like, I'm about to go on a cruise. So, obviously – you know, can't bring dogs, right? But I mm-hmm. think in general when I'm looking at the grand scheme and we're as a family planning our vacations, I I'm intentionally look like what can I bring? Like I like right. I love camping. You know right. what I mean? So I mean it blows my mind some people will be like, Oh yeah, we're going on a family camping trip, but I want to mm-hmm. board my dogs. Right. Or uh, we're going up to the mountains and I'm gonna I wanna board the dogs right. I understand right. there's definitely situations and whatnot, but it's right. like, dude, the dogs would love to be right. part of the pack and do those things. So I'm intentionally planning my trips around that factor yeah. because my yeah. dogs are part of the family. Yeah. And it's not something like I wouldn't just go and board my kid somewhere, (laughs) which I am kind of doing with my baby on the cruise, but that's, that's another point.
2: But yeah, I try
1: to plan my vacation so that I can bring the dogs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When I went to Charlotte, it was for a wedding. So obviously I'm not going to be, uh, have a lot of free time, you know? Mm -hmm. So like Chad was saying, like before I even went on the trip, I knew where we were going to be at in Charlotte. So I like looked up. Local parks before we even left, mm-hmm. and because uh, I'm thinking, you know, hey, when when can I exercise my dogs? Because mm-hmm. you know they they got a lot of energy. Yeah, and so you know I'm planning, you know, do an hour walk around. You know, what's the biggest park? You know, or yeah. what's the most popular park in the area that looks nice? That's mm-hmm. got a lot of walking trails, and uh, you know, so had that planned out when we got to Charlotte. I was like, I'm going to drive over to the park. It's like five minutes away from our hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really nice park, you know, so I go there and I'm doing all my walking and stuff. So they're getting their stimulation, yeah. you know, before I put them in their kennels for like six, eight hours, yeah. you know, when I'm gone on this on this wedding. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Ben,
0: ben knows because we've taken a couple of family trips and he knows that yeah. I always pre-plan the mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. I'll get the address he where we're staying protocol. at, <laughs> plan the whole thing, plan yeah. my walk, plan my walking routes. But I have done that. And then. I'm doing my first walk in that pre-planned uh, area, and then I realize it's not what I thought it was. Like I'm like, oh, this is yeah. either not a good walking route, or maybe pivot, you know, <laughs> something else. So then I pivot, and I'll usually have alternate things already. I've looked up on Google Earth or Google Maps and mm-hmm. figured that out, you know. Yeah, yeah, but we
2: the- we took we me and Chad went to like the lake like a year yeah. ago or something. <laughs> we took the dogs there. It was like an Airbnb lake house took the dogs with us they were having a good time yeah and then i think when i first got jojo she went on a camping trip with us or something like that where we were we were hiking Mm -hmm. for like we were hiking for a while yeah yeah. and uh so like chris is saying like if it's an outdoor activities and stuff you know like take your dogs with you like let them have fun you you know practice your training before you go You know, so it's a little bit, you know, sharpened up or whatever before you go. Mm -hmm. Because uh, when you're out there, they're probably going to be amped up with all the new environment and Mm -hmm. everything like that. Yeah, the
0: Disney World trip I went on was the first trip I used these canvas kennels I'm talking about. So for weeks I had them set up in the house and was Mm -hmm. practicing using those every day with the dogs. So they were already familiarized with those before I threw it on them on the trip. Right. You know what I'm saying? Plus now my kids are one of them six, you know, going on seven She likes being involved in that stuff, so she'll normally like being involved in walking the dogs, training the dogs, that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. what were you going to say you had a thought well going going back to the wedding dogs can
1: also benefit you you know if okay. you're like me <laughs> not a, am not a big partier you know so yeah i go to the wedding i'll celebrate <laughs> but hey guys i gotta cut out a little early gotta take yeah. care of the dogs you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. boom ticket it out i oh. will <laughs> say every
2: time i took them out to go potty you know I, we were on like the fourth floor so i had to take them all the way down the elevator out through the main lobby mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they had a potty area but like all eyes, like, because oh, yeah. they're two big pit bulls. I'm walking oh, into yeah. your lobby in heel position. It mm-hmm. was like, oh man, those are nice dogs, you know. You I mean? had your Canine Revolution shirt. I had, yeah. well, Ugh. didn't have my Revolution shirt. I, mean, I was in wedding attire, oh, yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. But, you know,
1: <laughs> when, when I was in the hotel with Leia when she was having her blowouts. We were mm. on the
0: third floor. Oh, people were definitely watching you. Too. Third floor. We were. <laughs> I was
1: running as soon as get, I get. Like as soon as we get back from whatever, we would go to like the children's museum or whatever. Mm. We come back and she's. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh god, she's gotta go. At least you're up, mm-hmm. and we're booking it, mm. running down all three flights of stairs as soon as we get out there. Boom,
2: blowout.
1: Yes, <laughs> okay. you get the
0: whole blowout outside.
1: Yeah, we got it. Yeah. We got it. Well, except for the first. Except one, for the little. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will
0: say, I've taken a trip when I was stationed in San Diego. We took a trip up to San Francisco, which I think you were there, Ben. I don't know if you flew out on that one, but had my dogs with me for that. We were staying at a hotel in San Francisco. San Francisco is concrete city. There's Mm. no grass. There's no greenery. But there was like these little bit of garden sections that were elevated so I would have my dog jump into that garden section potty. Oh, there, God. people do you this. So that? Where do people's hotel. dogs go to the bathroom in, in the California? City a lot of dogs honestly just go on concrete. It's <laughs> just like pee a, in a drain. Dude, or that's something. what they do in New York City that's too. crazy. I've yeah. seen like
2: videos, and I'm like, well, their dog just pee in the con. I like, was like, <laughs> I, I mean, you got no choice. I guess I know. that's yeah. what they're doing.
0: You remember when? I, uh, do you remember? Yeah, that? I remember. It was <laughs> at the hotel.
2: Like they yeah. had like these decorative like trees and stuff. And Bane's up there peeing on their like decorations. The grounds people days later, are like, oh, Why are dude, these plants yeah. dying?
1: It was
0: like in the front of the hotel too, like It's the only like, like natural was. air natural area. You know, it had like yeah. some vines, some trees, some pine straw. And you just hop up there and do his thing. I imagine
1: that could be weird for a dog if you think like think about from Somebody like me never been into a big city. Now mm-hmm. I go and bring my dogs and go on vacation in a big city. Dogs could like, be <laughs> weird. Pee on the concrete. I don't
0: know yeah. what to do. Could there. be weird. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. some dogs are freaked out by that. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely. There's d- different dynamics of the city too, for sure. Because like uh, I remember, we. I think me and you walked down the In and Out from the hotel one day, oh, and uh, I was. I, I was basically. I didn't want to leave him out there by myself. By mm. himself there, so I was outside with him waiting. For to grab his burger or whatever mm, yeah and uh so i mean the different dynamics yeah. of the city there's a lot more movement a yeah. lot more people a lot more things going on so definitely that can be a stressor for a lot of dogs too yeah. but because of integration training integrating mm-hmm. your training protocols in your daily life maintaining your daily routine as much as possible i mean makes a big difference yeah, and sure. that's what we're a big fan of that's what we, we're working with all of our people on you know Um, but like moving with my dogs, traveling with my dogs to me, honestly, not a huge deal. I know some people that stresses them out, but I think it's because of the lack of integration training in their daily life. And maybe they're not a hundred percent comfortable with their training protocols, but because I'm practicing my protocols, because I have that integration training in my daily life, it's literally not a big deal to me. It's just like another thing. You know, the other thing too, is, uh, I know sometimes surprise scenarios happen. Things happen that you were not expecting, whether you're traveling, whether you're not traveling, you know, whether you're on a trip or whether you're moving, but because these protocols are my daily routine, they're integrated into daily life. It's my mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, I have my fundamental training protocols. It's just habituated in my mindset. Surprise scenarios are handled with ease, you know, like surprise scenario for me at the beginning of the summer. So several months ago, hiking with my dogs, they're off leash, they're doing their thing. They start attacking something on the ground. You know, I'm like, what the hell's going on? I call them back to me. Boom. They immediately come back to me. I put them in a downstay. I go investigate what was going It was a copperhead, mm. you know? And uh, so then I was able to handle that scenario surprise scenario. I'm just like, walking down this trail, no big deal. I notice something abnormal. Boom, come. You know, they're already coming because they already know what that means, right? We practice it so much. It could have potentially saved them from a venomous snake bite, which could have then been a bad situation because now i got to carry this 100-pound dog X amount of miles to the car or whatever, then find a ER place with anti-venom, you know, that kind of stuff. So because the training protocols are integrated, it's not a factor, you know well, what I'm
1: saying? On that note as well, so that makes me think of a specific scenario to you and I. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the listener, if you don't know, we're next-door neighbors. So there, com- there might be times where one of us may take a day trip or something. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you let my dogs out? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we maintain a certain level of routine and rituals, I can impl- implement – some version of his routine right mm-hmm. so like you you go on a trip i can take Bane in georgia on a I'll walk around the trail and i've been in similar situations where i get a little bit far i recall and mm-hmm. boom they come and mm-hmm. i'm not working them every day like mm-hmm. building that respect and that trust but but i think more because of the work you're putting in yeah. they're they're just responding to the routine very yeah. well so yeah, they know the well. routine they know the ritual exactly you know?
0: exactly which if you're like the kind of person that has someone come to your house and watch your dogs for you that plays in your benefit too 100%. if you have that daily routine and ritual locked down you Mm -hmm. know where it's just habituated with them they know even if it's somebody else you know so anyway definitely good to go again i'm incorporating i'm integrating this stuff in my daily life my spot time one of the things i do with that walk in my door go spot that's the first thing they do even if i don't say it at this point they just do it because i've drilled it into them anytime we walk into the house the first thing you do you go your spot then I'll let you up to do whatever after that. Mm-hmm. Someone knocks at the door, go spot, you know, if I'm home. If I'm not home, you're to stay at that door and bark, 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 right? Because right? I want that level of deterrence, yep. you know what I'm saying, which we talked about in our protection uh, podcast. But your dog can be a deterrent for you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's one element of your protection layers, mm-hmm. shouldn't be relied upon. But, you know, another thing, the daily walks, like we talked about, down stay, like I talked about. That copperhead scenario. I call my dogs, so that's that come command that I practice every single day. Downstay, like they are aroused, they are excited. There's a prey item on the ground, they want to grab it. You know what I'm saying? They disengage from that to come to me. Did the downstay? They executed that, no problems because I'm practicing it every day. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, this stuff's easy to throw into your daily life. Oh, yeah. You know, super easy. Um, is there anything different you guys do with your like daily? integration with your training or you're kind of doing the same stuff in general. Yeah. More, <laughs> more. Or less the yeah. Same. Pretty much spot all, all, all the time yeah. with them. And, uh, you
2: know, you practice this stuff every day. Then when you really need it, like mm-hmm. you're moving. Yeah. It's going to be, that's your,
0: that's your paycheck pretty much. your mm-hmm. Payday, you know, yeah. all your work's paying off. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. saying you can't hang out with your dogs. Cause my dogs definitely hang out with me. Sure. They're walking around the house. They're laying down on their own. They're doing whatever, you know, they're, uh, playing with toys or whatever. I don't give them a lot of toys, but like Kong toys, go nuts, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think I'm
1: harping on the important things too. You know what I mean? Like as my dogs get a little bit older, they're not doing as much work as when they were younger mm-hmm. so i mean i'm i may i'm like i'm not strictly doing a full standard obedience drill at you know every mm-hmm. single day necessarily but right. that recall is definitely getting worked on in some form or fashion every day mm-hmm. that downstay is definitely getting worked on the spot definitely in some form or fashion every single day those prior those big ones where it's mm-hmm. like it they, they've got to listen to those things those yeah. things are definitely getting incorporated yeah 100 yeah. percent, definitely
0: definitely so to wrap it all up when you're moving or if you're traveling right but we're focusing on moving Keep your daily routine as consistent as possible. Get in your daily exercise, right? Mimic the migration to a new territory by taking a longer walk than normal, which is especially important for the more complicated dogs with the potential problem behaviors. Having your dog spot or place or downstay in the new house first and move around and show them the new territory. And again, you can use these protocols if you're traveling, if you're moving, especially obviously. But you can do the same things if you're traveling, right? Whenever I got to the Airbnb that we were at for Disney World, I did the same thing. I didn't take a really long walk before we went inside because it was a long road trip. We're getting the kids in there and everything. I basically brought the dogs in, put them in a downstay. So you can adjust the protocols based on your specific scenario, but follow those, think about those, integrate those. You know what I'm saying? Do you guys have any other thoughts on moving or traveling with the dog or anything in that regard?
1: No, all good. Good
0: to go. All right, so closing it out, uh, just so you guys know, uh, Pack Talk Podcast is sponsored by Canine Revolution Dog Training. So if you need dog training, you can let us know, 843-213-2676. You can text us your information. We can get in contact with you. Mention that you're a podcast listener. You might get some perks. Mm. We don't know. You might get some perks. Who knows? But let's say you need help selecting a dog that's a good fit for your family. We can help with that. You know, if you're looking for a dog, but you want one that aligns well with your family, unfortunately, you know, we've dealt with several cases where the dog is not a good fit for the family. It doesn't integrate well with their daily life because the dog has needs and the family has other needs and they don't really align. So we can help you find a dog that's a good fit for your family. Do you need a trusted source with local rescues to select a dog from? We work with a bunch of rescues in South Carolina so we can help you if you're looking for a rescue dog we can help you select the dog right um do you need the best dog trainers to work with your family because i mean if you need the best dog trainers there's only one place to go that's canine revolution dog training yeah you know what i'm saying do you need a referral to a legit breeder unfortunately there's a lot of not legit breeders there's a lot of backyard breeders there's a lot of breeders that we don't agree with probably more non-legit than legit definitely But we at Canine Revolution, we do maintain a list of breeders that we vet to refer our clients to. So if you want access to that, please reach out to us. And then another thing too is that behaviors that are stressing your dog out are not funny. Your dog is stressing out about some behaviors. It's not a funny thing. So, you know, I worked with a case many, many years ago. There was a dog that was chasing like light reflections and lights, you know, weird lights and lasers and stuff and People think it's funny to turn on a laser and have their dog chase it. They think it's funny if their dog chases a reflection. That's not funny. That's honestly a, a stressor for your dog that can build anxiety, build stress, create problem behaviors. So make sure that you're, you know, having your dog's best interest in mind and think about it from your dog's perspective. You know what I'm saying? But, Chris, one request for you. Give me one memory. Oh, boy. From Canine Revolution Dog Training with me and you, maybe Ben. One memory. One, just the first one to come to your head. (laughs) <laughs> Does it have to be clean? Does it have nope. to be, uh, well, I mean,
1: <laughs> I'll tell you about my first day on the job.
0: My first day on the job. was uh, basically That wasn't your first day. Oh, uh, was it not? If you're talking about what I'm thinking about.
1: The pool? The yeah. pool? Yeah. Uh, it was definitely the first week. <laughs> so first, the first five days of work, I experienced my boss skinny dipping. <laughs> Can. As I come out, I'm working because that's you know, hey, new job, trying to trying to get after it. Walking a dog, and uh, you know, Chad's over here. Maybe has clothes on, maybe doesn't. Just jumps into the pool, gets out. Ah, gotta cool off. It's a hot day. He puts his clothes back on, grabs it dog, goes back to work. I'm like, all right, I belong here.
0: I miss the pool, honestly. That was a good. That was a good tool. That was definitely, good, definitely good. Yeah, for, good for 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 us. Good for us. Good for, for the dogs. Training for the training <laughs> ben what's one memory that you have canine revolution dog training first one to pop to your head first first day of the job <laughs> i know ben's <laughs> yeah. walking like
2: more than i've walked in probably five years before that it was it was fourth, it of, was july, fourth right? of july we were shooting video first day bringing me on to do video and uh we were just walking for a long time, it felt like.
1: <laughs> but Chad probably paints the picture like, hey, Ben, just bring the camera. We're going to do some, we're just going to work the yeah, dogs. I don't I remember catch, the words to say, I but, get it. yeah. Like, it, he, he
2: downplayed it. He was time. like, yeah, we'll do some video of some dogs walking, you know. And <laughs> we, we probably walked like 10 miles or something <laughs> around the neighborhood. And it was in the middle of the freaking day oh, yeah. in July. And it was you know, Sweat, I'm carrying this gear around, and uh, I, I'm not used to walking yeah you know so uh <laughs> you're used to the it's a it. it's a personal hell for me you know <laughs> i'm like how much longer are we gonna walk it was and a wake up uh, for you yeah yeah it was so a wake up for you for <laughs> your definitely wake up your
0: weakness of not walking i didn't give up though you didn't I I it. It. Did to not be
1: fair give. i think everybody that starts here especially like an apprentice to be a trainer oh, that's yeah. like a big shock to the system how much
0: walking you're oh, doing yeah. i mean you're on your feet all you're day. on your feet
1: all day yeah yeah
0: Make sure you wear some good shoes. Oh yeah. That's definitely good for you, though. Hell, yeah. Be on your feet oh. versus sitting. I mean, now I love it. I
1: mean, I can, oh, I can yeah. go all day. I am like, I, I could not amazing. imagine
0: sitting in an office no, and no. working on a computer all day. I mean,
1: I can yeah. imagine because I did. Yeah. I did that. But yeah. No, this is awesome. You know, what's awesome funny is
0: that
2: I think whenever I first started working, not the first day, but I think there was like... I would wear flip flops. <laughs> Are you serious? I think so. I don't. I don't remember if the first day where we walked a lot if I was wearing mm. shoes or flip flops. But there was a couple of days after that where I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna wear some flip flops. <laughs> not gonna be you know doing anything crazy. And now then, Ben's always prepared. And yeah. then uh, <laughs> we're walking a lot, and then flip flops, you know, and I'm walking backwards, doing oh side yeah. oh flip flops. <laughs> it's hard to manage. Oh and yeah. uh, I was like, I'm never wearing flip flops again. <laughs> so now I just wear shoes all the time.
0: Good to go. We're also sponsored by Canine Revolution Apparel. We have the new storefront on Amazon, so check that out. We've got dog shirts. We've got gym shirts to help you get your gym motivation going. They're like jack dogs, which I like. Yeah, they're know. pretty cool. Uh, we got the Guinea shirts. You know, we like the guineas. And you remember what Shelby said in episode 87? It starts with the guineas. That's what she said. Mm. You know, she's from Eudora Wildlife Safari yeah. Park in Sally, South Carolina. She said her dad started with guineas. That's where it starts. That's what she said. Mm. Chris has guineas. I have guineas. Who knows guineas. We're now, going. now
2: Chad has peacocks. Now now I have So peacocks. it's already started. It's already.
0: What I'm going to get next after talking to Shelby is the Reyes, which are the smaller version of the ostriches that mm. chase and eat flies. Ooh. And then I'm going to go to ostriches right after that, and I'm going to get them all from her. I think
1: this is how Jurassic Park also Yeah, literally. On. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: We've also got the rain jackets on the apparel on Amazon, the storefront, which are super nice. Oh yeah, I like the camo one. Oh, yeah. You have a rain jacket too, I get the don't camo you? One. Yeah, you got the camo one. Uh, the hoodies are good, which is getting to be hoodie season. We got the heavy hoodie, which is that's my favorite one. We also have the fitted hoodie, which is Ben's favorite one. We have a couple of zip ups too, so you guys check that out. It does support the podcast if you guys do decide to get some of those. We appreciate it. And then also, we're very proud to be a partner with Origin USA that's made in america clothing for you made in america boots jeans belts all that kind of stuff for you jiu jitsu mma uh, gear for you which i was just doing some jiu jitsu with chris yesterday and he body slammed me so chris what does jiu jitsu or mma do to you give me one thing what that does it does what does it do to me let me give me one thing that it does pain. for you in your life that pain
1: I mean, I like pain though. So that just <laughs>
0: fuels the fire. Yeah. Um, what thing has it taught you?
1: Uh, humility, definitely. But I mean, I feel like I was always a pretty humble person, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it was a shock, honestly. So like I, I've always been into self-defense. That's a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. So like, I've always been concealed carrier, done firearms training and well, been you were big, into firearms, huge into firearms, big yeah. time into, into firearms. Like that's my thing. Right. 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 And so, uh, and i think i knew subconsciously like the the hand-to-hand stuff was definitely a hole in my game Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. and once we start doing it and and you you have that false sense of confidence right we're like i'll just i'll be fine i'll be good to go i'll just punch a dude in the face good to go right? yeah Yeah. but once once you start going to this gym and people are grabbing you getting on top of you're like oh maybe i'm not so good in this area you know what i'm saying so in that sense it definitely humbled me where i'm like i gotta i gotta just from the self-defense self, de- de- self defense perspective, I need to be more rounded out. So that's what jiu-jitsu has done for me right. for sure. Like, right. and, I, and I love it. I want to keep getting better at it. I'm right. like super passionate, becoming very passionate about it. So. Right.
0: Some yeah. people say you're crazy. Some people say you're crazy from caring so much about your self-defense and the people defense do, of your loved people ones. People do say I'm crazy. But I will say that this is a world where I don't think a lot of people care enough. For sure. So if you care too much, then you yeah. know, that yeah. might be offensive to some people. For sure. But, uh, you know, a couple of things jujitsu or martial arts has done for me up to this point is, number one, knowing my weaknesses. Mm. You know, we were talking before we started the podcast, like there was a move we were doing where you kind of felt like, okay, I'm weak in this area. Because yeah. your back was not flexible enough to yeah. execute that move. You know, so then all, already changing training styles in the gym, tra- uh, changing your personal uh, workout to be able to execute those moves. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing for me. Also, uh, you know, like weaknesses in my training programs, I've adjusted a lot of my gym time to be able to be more flexible, be able to move differently, strengthen areas where I was weakened, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Definitely helped there, but also getting more comfortable touching people, you know, cause if you go to a crowd of people, if someone were to grab you, you know, how comfortable would you be with that? Right. You know, how comfortable would you be defending yourself against that? You know what I'm saying? So For me, you go to the jujitsu class, you're rolling with, you know, 20 different people, you know, 10 different people, people you've never met before um, that can help you. When you get into that stressful situation, you're only going to be as prepared as you train for, you know what I'm saying? So if you're not training for those situations, you're not going to be ready for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, we're in a world where a lot of people don't care enough. We care a lot about this stuff, you know? But, uh, you know, we're not going to tone down the level of care we have for ourselves, for our friends around us. You know, because I know that if I'm in a crowd and I see something happening, I feel comfortable walking over there to assist. You know what I'm saying? If there's a lady, you know, for example, if there's a lady, something's happening. I got no problem walking over there to assist now that I am confident. And I have a lot more learning to do. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, uh, you know, 100%. I'm just saying I feel confident enough to help people, you know, that need help.
1: And train with your tribe. You know what I'm saying? Like if if we're in that same crowd and you and I are together, oh yeah, we're going to operate very well. Even more, you know, communication's going to be good. We know what who's doing what, all that kind of
0: stuff. Yeah. So anyway, back to Origin USA. Oh yeah, they got the martial arts gear. They got the belts, the jeans, the 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 belts, the boots, and all that hunting. You you can yeah, the hunting. Like I'm wearing my Raptor camo shorts right now. I mean, these things are legit. Best shorts I've ever worn. Um, code singer one one. That's going to give you 10% off. It's also going to support the podcast. Also, we're very proud to partner with Jocko fuel supplements made in America. Good for you. Ben's drinking a Jocko go Jocko fuel energy drink right now. Pink lemonade. He ditched his monster
1: two drinks. Ditched him, he,
0: he dropped through the monster. He already, already drank it no. like he should throw it in the trash. I already drank my Jocko. <laughs> yeah. You already drank it. It's the empty. Jocko. Oh, it's empty. It's empty. How'd you like it? It's good, yeah, it's good. Pink lemonade, uh, Chris. What's your Jocko fuel stack? I know you're into the Jocko fuel. What, what kind of stuff are you taking?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm definitely. I stay on the Jocko go. I just finally broke down and got the subscription, so now that's oh. coming regularly. Now I was getting it regularly, but that's the energy drink. That's the energy drink. So <laughs> go to is Dak Savage and Mango, but I'll change it up every now and then, I like some Pink Mist. I Why like do you like 50, the 50.
0: Jocko Fuel energy drink versus Monster?
1: Um, I mean, the Monster is death. It's death, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not good for you. It's poison. It's literally yeah. poisoning your body. This stuff's clean. Yeah. You feel you feel good. So I mean, you can get a monster, sure, you get some energy, then you might crash.
0: Fake energy. You're probably going to crash probably within
1: the hour. You're going to be down again.
0: You know what I don't like about most energy drinks? is like they have the artificial sweeteners mm. like sucralose and i know it doesn't affect everybody but i know for a fact that sucralose affects me because mm. i've experimented with it you mm. know what i'm saying and i know for a fact that artificial sweetener messes with my my gi yeah you know Jocko fuel doesn't have that so i know it's good for me
1: well i'll tell you for me i mean i can drink a monster my my almost immediately next time i go to the bathroom mm. super dehydrated mm. i don't have that with the Jocko go no yeah issues. it's got electrolytes in it for no me. issues
0: yeah. but also like the monsters too like they number one they're too sweet for me yeah you know but because they have all that sugar in there but number two is uh like the energy the energy is like too fast mm. you know what i'm saying yeah. you start drinking it you get that hit you're like oh shit yeah. you know you're like feeling it and then it like crashes like crazy oh, yeah. you know but do you remember like when we first started the podcast, we were drinking bangs. Yeah. All the time. We were the into the bangs. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> what do you think about oh, yeah. bangs now? I mean, I, I mean, they those are way too sweet. Oh, I, yeah. I
1: find those sweeter than the monsters now. Really? You know, like, I, I just don't, I don't like the, if I, if I do, like, what, if I get a regular energy drink, like, hey, I ran out of Jocko's, I got to hit the gas station, whatever, mm-hmm. like, I'm probably going to get, try to get the sugar free rains. To me, those, those have been the best flavor wise, but yeah. I still don't like their ingredients, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that stuff's
2: so, so sweet. Oh, yeah.
0: Benny, have you? I haven't had a bang in forever. Have you had a bang? I haven't in? had a
2: bang since we stopped drinking them. Really? If, I, if I go to a gas station, I'll honestly get a uh, the Celsius. Oh, yeah. The Celsius energy drinks, those are, I mean, they got a lot of caffeine, 200 milligrams. Yeah. So it's a lot of caffeine. Yeah. So if you're- It's still better than, like, the Monsters. I mean, the
1: Monsters sit at, like, 300, don't they? Yes. No,
2: no, the Monsters are 140 Really, mm-hmm. 140 now? That's the white ones that mm-hmm. I drink. I mean mm-hmm. I drink I drink the white monsters not every day. Yeah. Uh, I mix it up between coffee if I got a Jocko Go from Chad. The jo- <laughs> I mean the Jockos do
0: like they juice me up. Yeah. You know it is different than they also like the Jocko goes for example they have 95 milligrams of caffeine which is a cup of coffee right. Mm-hmm. But they've added nootropics into it which is different things to enhance your your brain activity without caffeine. Mm. Yeah,
2: I mean, it definitely must work then, because, like, after I drink a Chococo, like, legit, I'll be, like, I'll be feeling really good. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, let's go. Like, I'm juiced up. Oh, shit. And uh, (laughs) if I drink a Monster, I'm, I'm, like, caffeinated. Yeah. But it's, like... It doesn't, like, get my brain stimulated. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I
0: drank one, I'm, like, I'm feeling caffeinated, but yeah. I don't, I'm no, not the Nootropics definitely play a big that. role. Like, if you've ever taken Alpha Brain, which is uh, Joe Rogan's, like, nootropic pill, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that's all nootropic, no caffeine. You know, but the Jocko Go has some of the nootropics and the uh, caffeine, like, just mm-hmm. a cup of coffee worth, you know. So technically, you shouldn't have over 400 milligrams of caffeine in a day. Yeah. So technically, you could have four goes. In one day and Which be have. good. You've had four in one? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, sure. I don't think I've had more than like two in a day. I've definitely done They're that. They're so good, though. I, I just want to drink that's them what all Sometimes the Sometimes it's not even an energy but, thing. I'm right. like, oh,
1: I just want to drink right. or whatever, especially like I used to be hardcore into soda years ago. Mm. Right. So oh, like,
0: really? When you were a cop? Oh yeah! Oh really? Oh yeah! Diet like Coke.
1: Yeah, di- Diet Coke just. It, I think it's in our genes, in the Tipton genetics. <laughs> Little DC. Runs in the family. Little DC yeah. for you. So, but but like this is a good like. Sometimes you have that carbonation craving or whatever. Just you know? a flavor. Just a drink. Because I, I drink wanna... a
0: lot of water, but it's like sometimes right. I just want something else right. to drink. Yeah. You know. And so yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll
1: hammer down a Jocko. Yeah. You know, just definitely for fun. Good.
0: Definitely good. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely on the uh, the goes the energy drinks. You know, have a couple throughout the week. Also I'll take the uh, the greens. Definitely you on know, the greens, greens cuz I like that micronutrient profile mm. which my diet overall has a lot of micronutrients in it but I like the greens to have just like that extra level of micronutrients, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, let's just say like I got a cruise coming up. Are I, you bring, be, Are you taking greens with? You? I am. Yeah. Because I am going to be getting. I might be getting too many nutrients, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I might not be. I well, might might not be getting some be of getting, the right ones. Right. You'll <laughs> you have
0: a lot of nutrients, so you're not going to have those good nutrients. Right, so I am planning to bring the greens. That can at least help you yeah. get as good good ones in there. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And then the milk too. I like the milk powder the best. But Definitely the, the milk. I'm on the mint chocolate chip right now. Mm. It's good. I'm on strawberry. Are you? Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so that's Jocko Fuel. It's all made in America. It's good for you supplements, right? They don't have the artificial sweeteners and anything. It's all sweetened with monk fruit, so that's good to go. Singer 101 is going to get you 10% off. You can also go to the link down in the show notes and use those links. If you want to go there, check it out, see what you like there. They've got vitamins. They've got creatine. They've got krill oil, which is better than fish oil. They've got the Joint Warfare. You know, which is that joints uh, support. They've got the Cold War. Are you taking that on your cruise? Oh, Cold yes. War. Oh yeah. 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 Immunity support. Mm-hmm. That way you don't catch no sicknesses or mm-hmm. nothing. Vitamin D three too. You get a bottle of vitamin D three. You take one of those a day. It'll cover you for a whole year. Yeah. Which vitamin D three supplement is very important. You know, because you can only get so much from the sun, and honestly, our diets are lacking in it. So anyway, check that stuff out. Also, we've got our new Canine Revolution Dog Training NFT program, which is a digital certificate. We've partnered with a bunch of local businesses to Somerville and Charleston, South Carolina. We've got DT Mobile Detailing with Dave. David is a Marine Corps veteran, and he comes to you to take care of your vehicles, take care of whatever you need. You know what I'm saying? If you work in an office building, he'll come to that office building, wash your vehicle while you're working. So, I mean, you can't beat David. Also, we've got... Sharpshooter Pressure Wash, which is technically owned by Chris's brother. Technically, Chris's brother.
1: Technically and literally.
0: Right. Chris's brother, Josh. Technically. 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 And so, Josh is a sharpshooter, man. He's got that trailer he pulls up he's got the big pressure washer on it the big jugs of his uh whatever chemical or whatever one-stop shop yep and then he got the long hose so he can literally just walk to wherever with his sharpshooter gun and hit all the sweet spots you know he washed my chicken coop for me with uh with it last time he was here made a huge difference you know what I'm saying? Cleaned so definitely check him gym. out. Oh, he I had a lot
1: of chicken poop in there. <laughs> so it's
0: banging now. Good definitely check that out. Also, your sidewalks. He's got the sidewalk attachment and all that. So definitely check him out. Um, all is well, Somerville. This is your holistic pet food. Also, allergy tests for dogs. Like we talked about with Ben on the last episode, he got his allergy test done. Did you ever go talk to them since? Uh, I've told them that I have the test and I need to speak with them. So the next okay. time I go get dog food, I'm going to yeah talk with them about it. You go to all as well, you can get your holistic, good for you, good for your dog, dog food. You can get your allergy test if you need that. You can, you know, coordinate with them to talk about the right diet for your dog to alleviate as many allergies for them as possible based on that test. You can also get your probiotics there. Chris talked about probiotics for his dogs go. when he's traveling. So you can get your probiotics there. You can also get your ease, which is your antibiotic spray. If your dog has a little hot spot or a cut or something, you can spray that. A couple days, you'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. They also have a bunch of other stuff there. They have cat stuff there. They have dog treats and toys and all that. Bully so sticks. Bully sticks. Check that out. Um, Carolina Premier uh, Home Inspections. That's by Bob. You know, Bob, oh, Chris, know. you know, Bob? Used Bob, Yeah, I you've used Bob. Bob. Yeah. Ben, you know, Bob, you know, I know Bob and his brother, Eric. Good to go. Pest control. So, uh, the home inspection side, if you got a town home, if you got a standalone home, whatever, he can come inspect that, check that out for you. He can do pre drywall. He can do before you move in or closing real estate closing. He can do your, uh, you know, maintenance inspection, you know, every couple of years. Uh, we also have Carolina Premier Pest Control, which again, Bob and Eric, like Ben said, they're going to come take care of your property for you, take care of your home for you, get that termite control, that termite bond, that pest control, so far and so forth, you know, customized to you and your situation. You know, I have chickens, so you got to customize your pest, your outdoor pest control to suit your chickens, right? Mm-hmm. Also, I have bees on the property, so you got to fine-tune your outdoor pest control, your mosquito control, so that no bees are being harmed, because we need that honey. You know what I'm saying? Also, we've partnered with the Velasquez Company. This is Antonio and his crew. They do fencing. They do drywall repair. They do painting. Painting's the main thing. Check them out. Also, Black Force MMA. We were talking about Jiu-Jitsu MMA earlier. This is where me and Chris train at in our families. And, uh, you know, Dwight is the owner of Black Force MMA. He's also a uh martial arts hall of fame he's been in the hall of fame he's yeah. in the hall of fame you know what i'm saying he's also uh, has a championship coming up world's tournament for jiu-jitsu he's in and uh, so if you want to train with him and his crew black force is the place to go also cane bay chiropractic that's doc anthony he's been on the podcast several times i go to him every month i know chris goes to him every month to keep that back aligned your nervous system aligned and it makes a big difference honestly you know well, what I'm saying? Well,
1: especially since we started jujitsu, <laughs> right,
0: right. And if you have a dog, right, yeah. if you have a leash puller, that's not good. That's going to pull your spine out of alignment. You know, so you need that back in alignment. You got a you little know?
1: dog, you got to bend down, give it treats all the, all day. Yeah, that's oh, going to yeah.
0: take a toll on yeah, you. You know, sure. honestly, even just getting in and out of your uh, your recliner at the house, yeah, that's going to take a that, toll on your back. That takes a toll. You know, <laughs> sitting in it is probably takes a bigger <laughs> toll. <laughs> so go check out Doc Anthony Kane, Bay chiropractic. They also do kids. They also do like prenatal. You know his wife's a chiropractor too they work there together and then you got land zero defense solutions defense strategies which is doc anthony's other business which is teaching you cwp right concealed weapons permit also defensive pistol tactics defensive pistol techniques and also he's a brown belt in jujitsu so he helps out with hand-to-hand uh, tactics as well so definitely check that out um tell him you're with Canon revolution show him your digital certificate You'll get those perks. Also, our newest partner, AquaFusion IV Hydration. One of our alumni, right? They have this business in downtown Somerville where they can give you nutrients through IV, vitamins, nutrients, hydration. So let's say you know you're a college, college student, you know what college <laughs> students are doing. <laughs> oh, we know where you're going with this. <laughs> going partying for the weekend. Before the weekend starts, go get your IV nutrients so you're pre hydrated. Mm-hmm. Then when the weekend's over, go back. Get more nutrients to help you recover from that situation. You know, if you got a marathon coming up, before the marathon, go get your nutrients so your body's in optimal condition. After the marathon, go back and get more nutrients so you can recover properly. So, I mean, that's a huge benefit right there. Um, And we got more partners we're working on. If you have a business you want to partner with us, let us know. You can go to www.kineticrewards.com to get your digital certificate and watch the video on how to implement that. Get it on your phone so you can show it to these partners and start using it immediately. All right, YouTube. We've got a Pack Talk podcast on YouTube. We've also got the Canon Revolution Dog Training on YouTube. On the Dog Training channel, we're focused on education for, for dog stuff, dog behaviors. On the Pack Talk podcast channel, we're posting the podcast videos if you want to watch the videos. Some people like doing that. Also, we got some extra content on there. We got our guest speech that me and Ben went to with Antonio where we talked about discipline in your life. We talked about achieving freedom in your life, discipline with your time, discipline with your finances. You know, Chris here is a prime example of someone that was disciplined with his finances, got himself out of debt, you know, implemented financial discipline to get him on the path that he wanted to be on to achieve what he wants to achieve in life. You know, like buying a boat. Yeah. buying you know chris pretty soon gonna have to buy a new truck because his ford's well, just not holding that's up that's not so true that's not accurate. he's financially ready to get that dodge ram or ford's that gmc fine, sierra you know
2: <laughs> actually well uh, chris when we were at eudora chad dropped a ram joke Mm. About how Ram's superior, she said, "Well, I don't trust the Rams." Mm. She said, "You'll end up at the at the truck sh- uh, repair shop after <laughs> that's a, that's X
1: a
0: farm, That's a farm girl. She knows what she's talking about. Uh, she likes Chevys, though. Yeah, no. she does not trust Fords. Well, but I would know, take
1: a Chevy probably over a Ram, though.
0: The other thing too is you got to maintain it. You got to maintain, maintain it. it. Got to maintain any vehicle. You've Got to maintain it. Yeah. But anyway, whenever Chris's Ford <laughs> does does you know need to be replaced, he's financially set because he's implemented that financial discipline. Now, if we were focused on talking about financial discipline, mm. you just had to just go off on your. Well, truck you tangent. brought the truck. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys can go to YouTube. You can watch that video. It's called Achieving Freedom. If you want me to be a guest speaker at your event, just email me Chad Singer at Canon Revolution com. We've also got other YouTube videos going up on the Pack Talk podcast at some point. Ben, where are we at with this with this video with the uh, you know oh the, the the Air Force guys the Defender? Where are we at? Uh, y- yep. Stay, yep. tuned. Yep. Stay tuned. Yeah, it's it's coming. coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're also going to have another video coming up in October. We're doing an event that will be on the Pack Talk podcast nice. as well, YouTube channel. All right. If you're a business owner or a dog trainer, do you need a coach? Do you need a consultant? You can email me too. Chad Singer at com. And uh, last but not least, definitely not least, thank you to our military. You guys are out there, you're deploying across the world. Right to defend our country, defend our freedom. So thank you for that. Also, military families. The military, uh, the the service member is deploying. Mm -hmm. The rest of the family holding it down on the home front. Yep. You know. So thank you guys. I think the families are often forgotten, but they're often the ones that are you know dealing with the most stuff. Um, Because when the service member deploys, they're busy. Yep. You know. But at home, it's daily routine. We got to take care of that. Also, all supporting aspects of the military or Our country in general, whether you're a Department of Defense contractor or another entity that's supporting operations that are doing deployments as well. And then their families, too, that are back on the home front. Thank you, guys. Um, First responders. Military deploys, obviously, outside of their hometown. Mm. First responders deploy in their hometown in general. Chris here, former law enforcement, former SWAT, former detective, right? He's been through a lot of shit. You can listen to his podcast to get all his stories, and we got more stories that he hasn't told. But, again, that can be difficult. I know one of the stories you told me, you had to arrest this lady, and then the next couple of days, she's the delivery driver delivering food to your house. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. you arrested her. She was, like, what, naked? She was butt ble- naked, belligerent, on drugs, whatever.
1: But. I mean, she's cool. She's good to go. Right. We're good people.
0: But that can be stressful. <laughs> sure. You know? Because yeah. you're you're seeing these people <clears throat> that you had these altercations with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So don't forget about your first responders. And even though Chris was law enforcement, I mean you're talking about paramedics too. Yeah. You know? Firefighters. Firefighters. Uh, you, know, you know firefighters are yeah. doing their thing. They're playing with their poles, right? Yeah. That's what Chris says. Hoses. <laughs> so anyway, thank you to the first responders. Teachers too, do not Forget about your teachers, you know, I just had to meet the teacher last night with my kids, you know, great school, great teacher, but the teachers, man, these teachers are hardcore. Dude, yeah. They really care about the kids. This teacher's like, text me anytime, call me anytime, blah blah blah, right? So I mean, for, a, you know, several hours of the day, they're they got the kids with them. And then around those times they're planning out their their coursework, you know. So, thank you to the teachers for what you guys are doing you're helping set up the next generation for success. You're helping to teach them um, for all you guys do. And if you're a military, active duty, retired veteran, first responder, even a former first responder, if you're a teacher or a supporting staff for the school system in general, let us know when you need dog training. We're here to help you, right? We're going to give you a discount for that. So thank you guys. And until next time, this has been Chris and Chad with Pac Talk Podcast. We appreciate you listening and out.